0: Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts. The News Press' Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm the news press' Adam Regan, and I'm joined, as always, by the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Fisher, how are you, man? It's the 11th episode. It's the 11th episode. I'm very
2: excited. I am a bit tired. This is the busiest time of year for a uh, prep sports reporter covered... Golf on Monday, cross country on Tuesday, volleyball on Wednesday and Thursday, followed by football. But it's exciting time. It's playoff time in every other sport, and we're pushing towards the playoffs right now in football. Some big games this week, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm feeling great.
1: Postseason's coming up in two weeks. Yep. So. Thought it would be good if we went through all the districts and talk about where everybody stands, the teams that are in it at least. Exactly. And let me point out, first of all,
2: this used to be the biggest week of the year. After this week, after week 10, we used to know who was in the playoffs because it was district champ, it was district runner-up. The FHSAA has changed that, where the district champ gets in. So we're going to talk about some automatic bids to the playoffs, but not the district runner-up. It's a wild card system, which is great. You know, week 11 used to mean nothing because there was nothing on the line. It used the to, be ri- it used to be rivalry games. Yeah, but no one cared. I didn't. You know. I think up in Lee County there <laughs> nope. are a couple of rivalry no games that did.
1: people cared about. So let's let's go into district. Seven A Twelve. This is a pretty easy one. Riverdale has already won this district, yep. so they've got a top four seed in the playoffs. The interesting team in here is Gulf Coast. They lost a pretty tough one last week against Palmetto Ridge. Justin Mattia, bad luck quarterback, throws for a touchdown at the end of the game to go ahead. Gets called back by holding, and that was after he had a. Well, it was a big run back touchdown run call back
2: for a touchdown uh yeah um I can't remember how long it was um it was long it was long because yeah. didn't
1: didn't Palmetto Ridge get a it was safety
2: like, it was over 90 yards it was or like something. 99 yeah. because yeah. there was
1: a, it was a holding in the end zone call and there You're was right. a, there was a safety and, that and that's big. how Palmetto Ridge ahead so Gulf Coast right now they're 12th in their region uh, they've got some making up to do who do they have left could could they get back on this
2: that is a very good question they got Southport Myers this week that's um, not gonna help course. them. That's not going to help them, but it is going to be a victory, which is always good. Bonus
1: points, too, though, because South Fort Myers has made the playoffs.
2: Right. South did make the playoffs last year. So even though they are, what, 1-7, and you do get those bonus points. And then they finish the season at Golden Gate. So if you win that, that gives you some good points. But at the same time, it's still going to be tough. They're down in the double digits in the rankings in their region.
1: Yeah. Eighth place Bradenton Palmetto has 38.13 points, and Gulf Coast has 35.63. So they're almost three points behind.
2: And that's an average too. So to yeah. raise that average, it takes a lot of points above what they already have, which is 35, 36. So I'm going to say the Sharks are out. And then we touched on South Fort Myers at one and seven. No, they're they're out. Sorry. All right.
1: And then our favorite districts, which make up the 6A region, let's start with 6A10 mm-hmm. at, at the top. You've got already got a district champion in Charlotte. And then I think the teams that have a chance in our area, North Fort Myers, they're ranked number five. Mm -hmm. They're coming off a huge win off of Ida Baker. What, What do you think the North Fort Myers Red Knights chances are?
2: I think their chances are pretty good. I think they're pretty likely, especially if they beat Cape Coral this week, which I think they will. But even if they don't, they're sitting up there, and you look at the point averages again. It's very narrow in that 6A region three, but they're at fifth. You got Clearwater, Lehigh, Largo behind them. Either Clearwater or Largo is going to win a district title to get in for sure. But above them, you got Baron Collier and Naples, and they're all pretty, pretty tightly bunched. But I think North, I think they're probably going to get in.
1: And really, Cape Coral, they're sitting at 11th there. They kind of need to win the rest of their games in order to even have a shot at it. They've got North Fort Myers, as we already said, and then Mariner to end the season. They sit at 11th, and yeah, they're they're almost 3 points behind as right. well. And we talked about that 3 point deficit and how that's an average and that might not work for them. No, I
2: mean for both those teams, this is a do or die game pretty much. North Fort Myers and Cape Coral. And the winner's going to keep playoff hopes alive and the loser's probably out.
1: Yeah, I say North Fort Myers takes care of Cape Coral this week I agree. And, and it'll be all over for Cape and man, 5 and 0 start. Uh, <laughs> not in, that and not end up making about, the playoffs. That's a gut punch. All right, then we're going to go to Class 6A, District 11, and that's already been won by Fort Myers. So what Fort Myers is playing for now is that top seed. Charlotte's got 41.5 average, and Fort Myers has got 40. Fort Myers, they're playing East Lee this week. That's not going to help them. They play Dunbar at the end of the the season. They'll they'll get some bonus points out of that. Is this too insurmountable of a lead for Charlotte, for Fort Myers to
2: I think so. 1.5 points is a lot when you're talking about averages, as we said. And Fort Myers, you know, doesn't get helped by playing a losing team this week. Um, I think Charlotte, as the number one seed, locked uh, Fort Myers, and that's big, right? It, it is playing all homes, their
1: games at at the fishbowl instead of Staver Field right. or. Edison Stadium. That's right. That's huge.
2: I'm saying you get Fort Myers coming up there and Naples coming up there. If they win their first round, which you know we'll talk about that when it happens. And the interesting team in that district, six A eleven, is Lehigh because they've got a shot to get in, especially since they play Riverdale in week eleven. Now we talked about how important week eleven is now when it didn't used to be. If they win that, I think Lehigh is in. Right now, I believe they are what seventh in the district. Does that sound yes, right? Yes, they're
1: seventh. They've got thirty eight point five seven points, and behind them are Largo. And Golden Gate, who both have 38.13.
2: But that 5 through 9, they're they're separated by, what, 0.6 points? Yeah. It's going to be a a sprint to the playoffs, a mad dash uh, there at the end. It's going to be interesting.
1: This has been one of Lehigh's best seasons in quite a while, and they still don't have the playoffs locked up. Right. I mean, imagine that last week of the season, Lehigh needs a win, and they've got to beat. Their rival in the I'm-gonna-ring-your-bell game, who's going for a 10-0 and 0 regular season, that's, that's some drama. going to be but some drama. Well, Riverdale's
2: already got a home game in the playoffs locked up. Does le- yeah, kinda... it doesn't.
1: It's Lehigh, man. They, yeah. they want to ring that bell at the All end right. of the season. So Then we're going to go down to Collier County for that district. That's District 6A12. Thoughts?
2: Man, this is going to be a, an exciting district because it comes down to Barron Collier and Naples. We have a true district championship game on Friday. Barron Collier at Naples, it's, the the, it's really
1: the only true district championship yep. game we have left in southwest Florida.
2: Yeah, you are correct. Everyone else is pretty much wrapped up or does not have a district in the case of the smaller classifications. But Barron Collier versus Naples. Barron Collier sitting at three in the point standings. Naples narrowly behind him in fourth. I think the loser's in no matter what. I think both these teams are. Oh, in.
1: definitely. I, I will. I will definitely. Because say that.
2: let me. Both Naples and Baron Collier, the only two teams left on their schedule, which they play each other this week, are winning teams. So you get the most points possible, and teams that made the playoffs last and year. They, yeah, both of them made the playoffs. So they're going to get at least thirty-eight points, win or lose. So I think they're both in. But yeah, Baron Collier, Naples, winner is the district champion. The
1: team hanging by a thread though is Golden Gate. huh. They lost lost a tough one to Riverdale last week and then who do they end with
2: they end with what we said golf coast and then try to remember who they play this week i cannot for the life of me remember but they're at palmetto ridge so that's a game they could win they could win both those games they're tied for eighth right now and as we mentioned what's what's going to be interesting is that out of area district the only one in that region is district nine clearwater and largo that one's not been decided yet if you're Golden Gate, you got to hope Clearwater wins the district because they're ranked higher. If Largo wins the district, Clearwater's in line for a uh, wildcard berth, and that would be tough for Golden Gate to leapfrog them because they're higher in the rankings, if that makes sense to you.
1: So they're playing Gulf Coast and Palmetto Ridge to end the season. Those are two bonus point games, right? Gulf Coast has made the playoffs in the last two years, two years and yeah. as, ha- as has Palmetto Ridge. As Palmetto? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they have. Those are two That's bonus last point year. games, despite... Both of that. I mean, Palmetto Ridge has a losing record, and that's yeah. not going to help them. Gulf Coast has been good, but it their records st- they still have a losing. Th- they're record. They're both
2: three right? and four, Palmetto Ridge and yeah. Gulf Coast. But
1: the bonus points are there for them, so or three and five. I'm sorry. Those are kind of helpful games. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it really comes down to whether Largo wins the district or not. And I think if Largo wins the district, Clearwater is in, and then yeah. Golden Gate's kind of on the outside looking in. Yep. Moving on to Region 5A3, and that's the district with 5A12 in it. Dunbar has already won that district. They had a tough start, but they are district champions and currently have the fourth seed. And Jesuit up there has already won their district, so I think Booker will drop down if that, if I'm not mistaken, is that Booker and Southeast are in this, or in that district up there? Couldn't
2: tell you. I think they are. All I know is about 5A12.
1: Yeah, one of these teams, Hardy, Jesuit, Booker, and Dunbar have the the top four seeds right now. Jesuit has already won their district, and I think one of those teams, either Hardy or Booker, will drop down. Well, Hardy's undefeated
2: right now, which surprised me that they haven't locked up their district yet, which tells you that the other team in their district must be very good as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then the interesting one is Immokalee. They're seventh right now. They've got a 35.89-point average, and that's in front of DeSoto County, who's got a 35.50 average. And then you've got Lakewood and Southeast down there that are in the mix. What does Immokalee have to do to lock this up?
2: Well, all they can do is win. Unfortunately for the Indians, you know, they've won four in a row, but they beat Laley last week and Laley is a lower tier team. They're only one and six. So they kinda slipped in the rankings. You don't get bonus points for playing Laley. They haven't been to the playoffs. They play Mariner this week and that's their final regular season game. They're gonna win. They're gonna finish they don't five get, and five. You get no um, bonus, you get no bonus points Mariners for that. Is, and
1: Mariner and if they beat Mariner, Mariner will drop to a losing record. So you got
2: to hope. I don't know much about DeSoto and Lakewood, the two teams immediately behind them. I guess you hope they lose and that they're not playing uh, an undefeated team or a team that you get bonus points for playing.
1: I do want to talk a little bit about Immokalee. They played close games with Cluston and Laley. Are they on the downturn? I don't think they are, but, I mean, playing close games with—Cluiston's a really bad team.
2: Well, Cluiston was different because they had to travel out there, and then there was another rain delay for them. So you're coming out cold, and they—it they, was not as close as the final score indicated against Cluiston. It was a six-point game. Lately, I don't really know what happened. I think Lately was just fired up, and Lately's playing a lot better. Maybe Immokalee is getting tired because, as we had said, they haven't had a bye week, and they don't have a lot of bodies, not a lot of depth. So I think after they play this game, a rest will do them well if they do make the playoffs.
1: And lagging in 11th there is Cypress Lake. They're holding on to some really, really slim playoff hopes. They beat in 28-3 to last week, and they finish up with Estero. Mm. And I forget who they play this week. It,
2: it, well, Estero, as we know, is not going to give you very many bonus points. And they're at Lely this week, so yeah. two losing teams. Yeah, that's that's probably it for Cypress Lake.
1: Let's move to Class 4A where six teams make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you've got Bishop Rowe coming off a loss to Tampa Catholic. It was 15-3. to Bishop Rowe having trouble finding their offense. But they are in that number two spot, which would secure a first round bye. And they play St. John Paul II over in Boca Raton, who's 0-7. Oh, so uh, they might not help their chances by winning that game. And that's their last game of the season. And the key, as always, is to avoid Coco for as long as you possibly can. And if they were to stay in the second spot in were or to stay at one, that would be a possible regional final matchup. Yeah,
2: yeah you would get a bye in, in this uh, region for finishing in one of the top two seeds. Bishop Verreau, I think even if they win, they'll probably slip in, po- in the points average.
1: So you don't think they're going to get a first-round bye?
2: I don't know because I don't know what Astronaut and Avon Park behind them are going to do. They do have about almost a two-point lead on the number three seed. But as you said, you're playing an 0-7 team. We saw Immokale slip. We saw Naples slip after playing South Fort Myers. Yeah, that's tough.
1: Yeah, and then you have LaBelle sitting at number five with 37.63 average. And I think they're pretty much in. Lake Highland Prep and... Oasis are fighting it out for that number six spot, so and they're way behind LaBelle. They're
2: more than three points behind, so I think LaBelle is uh, solidly in, and good for the Cowboys. That's great for them.
1: And then we got a must-win this week for Oasis. It play, guess, if it plays St.
2: John Newman. And that's a tier one team, so a 7-1 record Newman Bonus has, points. And playoff bonus points, so that would be big for Oasis. If they win this, maybe they can think they have a shot. If not, they're done.
1: It's going to come down to Oasis, whether they can play defense or not.
2: We'll talk about it later, but I'm excited about that game. I think it's going to be another 51-48 game.
1: And Class 2A, we've got two different regions. Let's talk about Region 2A3. We've got ECS, one of the hottest teams in Southwest Florida right now, won four of their last five. They're sitting in that four spot with 35.75 points. And Cambridge Christian is kind of right on their heels, but the two teams after that, Southwest Florida Christian and Indian Rocks Christian, are way behind them. So it looks like ECS is in.
2: Yeah, I think so. And let's be honest here. It's a 8 team region and 6 of them are in, Keswick Christian at the bottom and that's before they lost uh, on a Tuesday night to St. John Newman. They had a Tuesday night game. So, uh, the real question is whether Southwest Florida Christian, sitting at number 7 right now, gets in. They're only 0.11 points out of the playoffs what, and right now.
1: Yeah, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't I really what do don't they got? see it. I don't I don't really think it matters.
2: I don't know man. I don't know who Indian Rocks Christian plays. If they lose and Southwest Florida Christian wins, like they get in. Like that's that's crazy to think about, but it's true. And then you could have them playing ECS in the first round.
1: I think you're gonna see a couple of local teams playing against each other in those class two A region, which exciting. we're gonna we're gonna move on to. We're gonna move down to two A four. You got Saint John Newman, they're in,
2: right? Uh, they're number three right now you know what's funny is looking at this region there are more teams there's nine teams six of them get in but the bottom three are bad like marco island
1: village academy wow they're really bad
2: and even community school is about three and a half points in average behind fba Um, fba has a tough game this week against moorhaven although moorhaven again winning record playoff team from last year so you get bonus points win or lose FBA is going to be getting, I think, 38 points, which is going to raise their average. So if they lose, they're going to raise their average. So, yeah, that one's pretty locked up.
1: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about First Baptist Academy and their prospects for getting in and what the damage they can do if they get in.
2: What's going to help them is not having to play one of those top teams in the first round, Glades Day or Miami Christian. However, not Catholic, the defending state champion, is um, not going to get a first round bye. As it sits right now, Newman and First Baptist would play each other in the first round, and that would be fantastic. That would Do they, be so did, awesome. They don't play each other? No, what is the What is the deal with that? Uh, here's the deal is I've not done a story on this. I've always wanted to ask uh, about it. But um, people at Newman tell me First Baptist won't play them for some it may, reason. It seems
1: like it doesn't make any sense. There's
2: beef between them. I don't know if it's a Catholic Baptist thing. I don't I don't know much about religion. I mean, I highly um,
1: doubt that. I bet you there's just
2: some. You don't know. Have you ever been to a Baptist church? Maybe. I mm-hmm. have
1: been to a Baptist to. I went to college in the South, man. Yeah. So did, I've been to a few Baptist did churches. Did you guys play Catholic teams? Well as a catholic walking into a baptist church uh, kind of felt a little weird yeah. but yeah i don't i wouldn't say it's, it's probably not a religion thing but. no
2: i'm, I'm ab- absolutely joking however and then first baptist didn't play community school first baptist community school are the two closest schools in carter county geographically well, Yeah, like
1: they're right across the street they're from like each other. half a
2: mile you could see one field from the other and so i don't know what the deal is so it'll be neat to see them play
1: in the playoffs Well, that's going to do it for our playoff breakdown, what we think might happen. When we come back, we're going to talk about the big matchups of the week. Keep up with the action every week by following
0: our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile
2: devices. All right, everyone, we are back. It is our second segment where we look ahead to the football games. Coming up, I'm Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, here with Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press. And the game of the week in Lee or Collier, I'm going to say it. Obviously, I have the Collier County bias.
1: Might oh, no, be I'm going to agree with you.
2: Might be the game of the year. Barron Collier at Naples. Always an exciting game. Even more excitement surrounding this one, especially after last year. Barron almost beats Naples. Should have beaten Naples. Lost by one point. On a last second field goal at home. It is their 20th straight loss to Naples. They have not won. This is the 20th anniversary of the last time Baron Collier beat Naples. Both these teams come in at 7 and 1. That is the most combined wins these teams have ever had when they played each other in the 37 year, 40 year history of, of the rivalry. I mean, I'm excited. Are you excited being a Lee County guy?
1: I uh, Yeah, I wish I was there. Yeah. I, w- I have a question about a rivalry. Sure. The definition of a rivalry. Obviously, geographically, Naples and Baron Collier. Rivals, yeah. Twenty straight wins for yeah. Naples, though. M- my impression of a rivalry is it has to be like super competitive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the games might be competitive, but the outcomes definitely haven't been the last twenty years.
2: You're you're definitely right, and that's a it's a discussion to have. When I say rivalry, I think more of the emotions tied up into it. Baron Collier hates Naples. Naples loves the fact that they've beaten Baron Collier twenty years in a row. Even last night, I was talking to someone in close to the Naples football program. And I said, last year I felt bad for Barron. He said, I would never feel bad for Barron. So even though they've beaten them 20 times in a row, there's still a lot of animosity on both sides.
1: Okay. I mean, the animosity makes it the rivalry. It's just yes. not, it's not the outcomes because. No, it hasn't. And let me this say is, this. This, is, this has been like one sided. It like, has
2: been. There have been some close games, and it's funny. Every time we get excited and get hyped up and think it's going to be a close game. It's not. Like, uh, there have been a few times in years past where both have come in with five five wins. It hasn't been close. But then, like last year, Barron's sitting at five hundred, Naples looking really good. Barron led for 40 minutes of the 48-minute game. And then a few years back, there was a random 13-7 to Naples victory when Barron Carrier didn't even make the playoffs. It was a very strange rivalry in that fact. So I don't know what to expect. I expect it to be a great game, both teams, 7-1. and one, But who knows? You never know.
1: One more question about that. Offensively, I think that Baron Collier has the firepower to contend with the Naples team. It's going to be is this going to be about who plays the worst defense or the better of the defenses because this seems like it could be a shootout to me.
2: Yeah, I expect it to be a shootout. What's going to be interesting is, you know, Baron, their best defensive players also play offense. So I'm wondering, we see it so many times, Naples does not have two-way players, so They kind of take off in that third and fourth quarter. They're Also, their staff's been together 20 years, very good at making halftime adjustments. So it'll be interesting to see if Barron hangs with them for a half, if they can keep it up in the second half. Barron, I think, if you're going to get Naples, you can get them in the passing game. We saw it last week. They gave up a couple big plays. We saw it um, to Amokley. They gave up some big plays. So Golden Gate, they gave up big passing plays. Barron Collier, if they're going to get them, they're going to get them on the passing. Let's skip up here to Lee County, a game we touched on that Pretty much a do or die for both these teams. North Fort Myers at Cape Coral. Cape Coral a team that's really faded since that 5-0 start, and, and North Fort Myers a team that's still looking pretty good.
1: When I did my midseason report, this was one of the games I had circle as one of the second-half games of the year. At that point, Cape Coral was on fire, and North Fort Myers, they were scoring a ton of points, and they acquitted themselves very well against tough teams like Riverdale and Fort Myers. And they blew out the rest of the teams. They beat Port Charlotte. Now it's a little different. Cape Coral's on the outside looking in. They've got a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. And Norfolk Myers keeps piling up points against really bad teams. Clayton Savinsky, their wide receiver, recently broke the school record for receiving yards held by Trey Boston. who's a good guy. Good <laughs> player, I should say. NFL player. But, I mean, he, he had like 736 yards receiving. It wasn't really that impressive, but Savinsky is shattered That's that. That's a
2: lot for down here. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. Definitely Savinsky now has 910 yards receiving and he'll be one of the you know few thousand yard pass catchers Wait, is for that
2: our... is that the season or career season that's a lot like I I don't remember in Canyon, the last time we had anyone over at 700 yards receiving even when we had Tyler Bird and The York, two guys that play Division one football right now that's crazy
1: yeah he's he's a very good very good receiver and I expect them to score a lot of points against Cape Coral. Let's
2: stay in Lee County because two more games are actually intra county matchups. Yes. Inter County matchups. Um in that five A district. Mariner at Amokley, Cypress Lake at Layley. Let's start with Mariner at Amokley. Again, teams that are kinda on the cusp of the playoffs, but they gotta win this game. Amokley didn't look great last week against Laley, and I think they may be slowing down a bit as we approach the end of their regular season.
1: Well, then on the other side of it, Mariner got 55 points, dropped on them by Mm. Dunbar. Dunbar's offense, who's improving, but still, they're not a team that's going to put up 55 on Mariner. Mariner's just playing no defense. And Rashawn Hunter played last week. I mean, and it wasn't a game. So I think Mariner, they're kind of doing the same thing they've done in years past they've started strong but then they kind of just get worn out over the course of the season so I think this is there for the taking for Immokalee
2: yeah and Immokalee's back at home where they play a lot better feeding off that uh energy at Gary Bates Stadium Cypress Lake at Laley. we don't think either of these teams we know Laley doesn't have a shot at the playoffs um really now it's just about ending the season well for both these especially Cypress Lake a team we had hopes for a few weeks into the season
1: yeah Cypress Lake they played two games to end the season against Laley and Estero, and they got to win both of them, obviously, but I don't even think that's going to be enough.
2: No, like we said earlier, those are both t- two teams with only one win each. <laughs>
1: and Cypress Lake's win against Closton a really bad Closton team mm-hmm. last week, was not impressive. It was 28-3. to I mean, I covered that game. I mean, yeah, I was impressed with Kelsey Demps. He returned an interception for a touchdown. He ran for two touchdowns, and he threw one. He's having a great season, right. and you know, he might carry them past Laley, but I mean, what's that really going to do for their playoff hopes? I don't know if I don't think it's going to do much.
2: I agree, but it should be, I think, a close game because Laley is playing better. Collier County matchup: the battle for the gate, Golden Gate at Palmetto Ridge, both in the Golden Gate area of Collier County. Yes, you have a question, Mr. Reed. I Regan? do have
1: a question about these rivalry yep. names in Collier County. It's the battle for the gate. Mm-hmm. Now, Golden Gate. I mean, don't they basically have the gate because the gate is in their name?
2: This took me a while to figure out when I first moved to Carrier County because I thought Golden Gate was just specifically what they call Golden Gate City, which is the little uh, subdivision there that Golden Gate is in. But then Golden Gate Estates is basically the larger rural eastern part right. of Carrier County. Palmetto Ridge is up towards the north end of that. So, yeah, this is a big deal to them. I think it was bigger when these, these schools both opened the same time, 2004, and it's kind of been a rivalry since then.
1: My question, if Golden Gate loses – are they just referred to as Golden next season until they, <laughs> they win in, until they win the Battle of the Gate again? You call them Golden
2: High School, and you call them Palmetto Gate. Um, no, that's that's not the way it works, Adam Regan. And I think, I think you that's, know that I think
1: that I think that should be the way it works, though. Uh,
2: but Palmetto Ridge got a big win last week. It was not the necessarily a pretty win, and Golden Gate. I expected them to lose to Riverdale, but it was kind of ugly for them as well, right? It was, what, 41-10? to
1: I was not expecting Golden Gate to get blown out by Riverdale. I wasn't either.
2: I expected them to score more. I thought Riverdale would score some points. And Palmetto Ridge has played some decent defense this year, a game where we don't think there might be any defense. St. John Newman at Oasis. Last time Oasis we saw them play at Collier County School. It was 51-48. to
1: And they were on the losing side of that. They were because
2: community school scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. I expect another high-scoring affair do you
1: in our pick segment this might be the one where we defer on because i don't know where i'm going to go with this one it's just both of these teams can score oasis has had a pretty rough go of it the last couple of weeks but this is do or die for them if they win i don't know if they'll get in but i mean it couldn't hurt right so they'll be playing they'll be having something to play for st john newman Jensen Jones, just he's having a great season. I have actually a question about him when we go to our question segment.
2: Okay, so, well let me let me tell you this. Um, what helps Oasis? One, they're at home. Two, this is Newman's third game in eight days. They played last Friday. They played this Tuesday with a makeup game. All the way on on the road at Keswick Christian. So maybe the Celtics a little bit tired. As we said, Newman's pretty much locked into the playoffs anyways. So. Maybe they rest a bit. So that'll do it. We're going to take our second break. When we come back, Mr. Adam Regan had an interview with uh, one of the hottest teams in the county, ECX coach Tyler Gold. All right, come on back.
0: Have your say on which high school football matchup should be the game of the week. The News Press and Naples Daily News staffs will select three games in each county And your votes on news-press.com, naplesdailynews.com, or the mobile apps will determine which
1: is the game of the week. Hey everybody, this is Adam Regan for the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, and I'm here at Evangelical Christian School with Head Coach Tyler Gold. Tyler, how's it going, man? It's
3: going great. Thanks for being here.
1: And let's get right into it, Tyler. You guys have won four out of the last five games. What's been different about this team right at this point from the beginning of the season?
3: I think there's really two factors. The first one being that at the start of the year we had a lot of guys that were new to the sport of football. Um, we got four or five basketball guys to play this year, and, and so while they're great athletes, they didn't necessarily know how to play in our system, and so they've been getting comfortable in the system. Guys have been gelling together real well. And, and then the second thing is, is as the season's gone on, we've actually gotten healthy. Uh, We were a little bit banged up at the start of the year. You know, we had two guards that were out. We had a linebacker missing. Guys beat up here and there, and and our running back had to miss because of illness and and a game. And and so now everything's kind of coming together at the right time. And and so those are really the two factors that have kind of got us going late in the season.
1: And you guys are coming off a pretty big win last week. And it was also the 20th anniversary of the football program. How many players did you guys have back? And what kind of wisdom did they impart to the current guys?
3: Yeah, so we probably had about 50 coaches and players come back for the game. And it was kind of cool to see some of the old guys that, that I played with when I went to school here and, and other guys just come in and, and talk to our guys about how, you know, the sport of football can, can lead them in life. It can help them develop, a, you know, good good things like discipline and, and just hard work and camaraderie that they need and kind of what that does after the sport of football. Uh, and then also having... Uh, coach Brian Lynch came in. He was my head coach when I was here, and he's you know a, a great a great coach in the area. He came in and kind of fired our guys up right before the game, uh, gave one of his old school uh, locker room pep talks, and, and that got the guys fired up, ready to play.
1: A guy that we really, Adam and I, have talked so much about on the podcast, Logan and your quarterback. What is it about Logan that makes him a special player and the type of leader that can lead this program into the playoffs?
3: Logan's main thing is he just stays even keel um, he's he's kind of uh, not real high not real low he really knows the game of football obviously he can read coverages pre and post snap and we're able to run a lot of different RPOs and all the stuff that we can do but it's it's Logan's just kind of way of leadership is he's never panicking it doesn't matter if we're playing a, a a really good team or a not so great team or if it's a you know a big game if we're gonna pass or run a lot depending on the game plan Logan's just kind of the same and he just comes into into work each day and and works really hard and i think that kind of rubs off on all the other guys it's been really good leadership for our team
1: now with fhsa moving the lower classifications to six playoff teams instead of four obviously that's two more spots up for grabs and you guys are in the mix for that what's the mentality of this team moving forward to get into the playoffs
3: we got two games left our, our, our motto has kind of been the same for the last two years and i know it's kind of uh coach speak but it's you know one and know everybody talks about going one and know and focusing on this week and, and last year we kind of got away from that towards the end we started looking at the big picture and I feel like it kind of bit us a little bit and so this year we've said like we're not doing that again it doesn't matter who we're playing like we have to take care of our business that week and that that day at practice and so I know it's every, what everybody says but that's what we're that's what we're doing trying to focus on one week at a time and hope we get a good a good spot
1: and you spoke about taking it one week at a time and I'm assuming you can't overlook any opponent. So that's kind of, does that kind of come into play this week against the Marco Island team, which they have, you know, their numbers are low and, you know, they're not really winning.
3: Absolutely. I mean, the other thing that adds in is this is homecoming week for us, which I've never met a football coach that likes homecoming week. And, and my guys know that they've known me for years and so our main thing is like we have to focus this is about us playing our best and and we talk about that all the time it's, it's not who you play it's how you play perfection cannot be measured off of the team you're playing perfection is measured off of what your ability is each day and and so that's been the big thing that our guys are focused on we want to be perfect and we want to be a good football team and and so that's good football teams have to go out and play good, even against bad or good opponents. And, and Marco Island has some kids that that can play ball. They're, they're down on numbers and that's affected them. But uh, they got some tough kids that, that have played a whole season with 18 guys and they're, they're tough nose kids. You guys seem to be
1: peaking at the right time. How do you guys make sure that you keep on going up instead of you know, hitting a bump right before the playoffs that might you know, keep you out of it?
3: All right, I think it's about preaching the same things year in and year out and, and just the whole season. You know, it's about the team. It's about something bigger than all of us. You know, the last time we went to playoffs was 2014. We had to play a, a Monday night tiebreaker to get us in and we went up to Indian Rocks and lost. Before that, the last time we've hosted a home playoff game was 2011 in our undefeated team. and and we end up losing to an Admiral Farragut. I could try to teach the guys that history and say, like, look at the good teams that we've had here have always gelled well together at the right times and, and stayed consistent to the mission, and that's the most important thing is they put a preseason goal in when we went to camp this summer as we want to make the playoffs. And so I keep bringing it up. This is what you guys have wanted. Make sure we're doing everything we got to do in order to get there.
1: Well, Tyler, I appreciate you joining me on the Inside Southwest Florida Football
3: Podcast, and I wish you good luck this week. Hey, thanks so much for coming out to ECS.
1: Well, we'll see how ECS does this week. They've won four of their last five games. They play Marco Island this week. So come back to news-press.com and naplesnews.com to find out how they did. And we'll be right back with our question segment.
0: Each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida.
2: We're back to our favorite part of the show where we take questions from you, the audience. We love talking to you. We love giving you the answers you crave. Again, if you do have a question, hit us up on Twitter. I am at NDN underscore Adam.
1: And I'm at NP underscore Adam Regan.
2: And our first one is Lee County specific, but I think we can both touch on it. It's from Glenn Mack on Twitter. How come no Lee County team has ever won state? Two-part question. Why is Sam Sirianni Jr. considered the best coach in the area with zero state appearances? I think these are uh, good questions.
1: Well, let's attack the how come no Lee County team has ever won state because they haven't been good enough, I guess.
2: Especially back in the day when it was, you know, fewer classes – You know, you're playing bigger teams.
1: And I think a lot of what's happened in Lee County in terms of them just building schools like crazy. Yeah. The teams like Fort Myers, North Fort Myers, their enrollments are just being taken away from all these new schools that are being built. So you had a Fort Myers run in the early 90s, 91, 92, where they made state semifinals. Mm -hmm. And they were getting all the best players from around the county. And they were a nationally ranked team. And then you run into St. Thomas Aquinas. Right. They're really a reason the reason that Lee County has not won a state championship. I mean, they were the roadblock for Fort Myers for those two years where they had you know, one of their best teams. I think Fort Myers would have won state had they not lost to St. Thomas Aquani, supposed to those, those years. And then we've had a couple of other teams. Astero had a pretty good run in the late 90s. You had Vero made a run. And then South Fort Myers gets to a state semifinal in 2009 or 10. I guess. it's 10. Just, we these teams they just they run into the Miami schools a right. lot a lot of the time and the, Mi- the Miami schools they're just better.
2: Well, I was gonna say look look at where we live. We are in Florida, where you got Tampa, Orlando, Miami. Three of the biggest metropolitan areas in the country with some of the best athletes. Florida Speed is no joke. Coming from the Midwest and seeing just the game of football here compared to Indiana, it's it's night and day. And so these are the best athletes. It's almost an anomaly when you do win a state championship. It's amazing that Naples won in 2001, that they won in 2007. You know, in 2007, I think they had to beat Coco, who's one of the best teams ever. You know, you have to go through some studs. You talk about South Fort Myers losing in 2010 to a team that had Duke Johnson, who plays for the Cleveland Browns. Naples lost in 2012 to Dalvin Cook, another guy that's in the NFL right now. So this is the kind of talent you run into in the playoffs in football.
1: Second part of the question, why is Sammy Sirianni Jr., the the best coach in the area with zero state appearances? And that kind of plays off of his father ran into St. Thomas Aquinas in the early 90s. But Sammy... He, there's no question he's the best coach in Lee County. He's not the best coach in the area. Right. I mean, I think Bill Kramer is that. But I'm going to go with from a county perspective, he's the longest tenured coach. Right. I was going to say how, how with many the most other wins. Exactly. It, Lee County is a revolving door for coaches. They don't pay. They don't pay these coaches enough. So they. It's no no wonder that the best coaches go off to other areas. Some of them go down to Collier County for mm-hmm. a little bit better pay. So yeah, Sammy's been there. A really long time because he loves Fort Myers High School. The other part about what makes him the best coach in Lee County is there's no one better at taking away an opposing team's best player than Sam Siriani Jr. He keys in on the other team's best offensive player takes them completely out of the game. And it's happened, you know, the last couple last couple of years. When they beat Naples that one year, that, that's what they were able to yeah. do. They were able to take away Naples' best offensive players. They did it last year in the playoffs with ja- Jaquez Carter from Palmetto Ridge. Yep. That kid is in, insane. You know, he and moves all North over Fort- the place. He did nothing against Fort Myers. That's what Sam Sirianni Jr. brings to the table. And he's going to be the best coach in Lee County until he retires because – the coaches that are up and coming, they're not gonna be in Lee County for most of their career.
2: Well and I don't think you can judge coaching um, at the high school level level by um playoff results because it is so difficult we talk to. It to me it's more about consistency. I mean how many winning se- how many losing seasons has Sam Siriani had? not too many. Um, Exactly. Naples, even if they weren't winning state championships, they are in the playoffs every year. And as Mr. Regan said, you know, it's consistency, staying around for a long time, which you don't see a lot from coaches down here.
1: I mean, and ask any coach in Southwest Florida about Sam Sirianni Jr. And they'll tell you why schematically and why, you know, what he does that people don't see in the wins and losses columns as to why he's the best coach in Lee County. Moving on, We've got another question, and it comes from me. I, I'm just really curious about this. Jensen Jones, the all everything player for St. John Newman, he's having an incredible year. They have him at quarterback, and he's doing, he's running for touchdowns, throwing for touchdowns. What are his chances at winning the Broxton Trophy? I know there's a lot of good players in Collier County this year. And when's the last time a small school player won the Broxon?
2: Oh, boy, that's a good question. The actual Broxon, I don't think, at least since I've been here, that a like a two-way school has won. It's been either – you know, 5A or 6A, Naples, Amokley, Laley, South Fort Myers when we used to cover them. His chances, they, they got to be pretty good just because what he does. It, it goes to the area's best all-around football player. And you want to talk about all-around? I mean, obviously the, the leader in the clubhouse, the leading candidate, Ches Malusi, Sure. Best football player in Southwest Florida, hands down. However, I mean, can you give it to a guy that gets five carries a game? Now he rushes for 100 yards and two touchdowns on those five carries. But Jensen Jones is in basically every play. I think he's still playing a little bit of defense. Running back, receiver, quarterback. Just what hurts him is just the level of competition obviously you know when you're piling up stats against Marco Island Academy and teams of that ilk it's it's kind of hard that is a knock on you but he's definitely in the mix i got to assume he'll be one of our big award winners cuz we also have the offensive player of the year the defensive player of the year
1: can i make a case for him of course what if he took jensen jones away from saint john newman would they be a playoff contender? Would they be a team that could possibly challenge for a region champion? No, trips? absolutely
2: not. But on the other side, what if you put Jensen Jones on Naples or Baron Collier? Would he be as good? Would he have a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards passing? Probably not.
1: Well, Jensen Jones can't. He he can't. He can only play the schedule that's in front of him on the team that he's on. His father coaches the team. I mean, I feel like you're kind of hurting the kid by just saying, "Hey, if you put him on Naples or you put him on Baron Collier," I think that's I think that's just lazy. I'm calling well, you lazy. I,
2: I understand that. and That's a fair criticism. I've dealt with all my life. But I will say that uh, to be in the mix at a small school, you have to do something outstanding. I think of back in 2012 when First Baptist went undefeated. They had a kid, Jonah Bultel, who had like 2,500 rushing yards, like 25 touchdowns. Jensen Jones is on that track. He has thrown for 1,100 yards. I didn't but make that, that up, kid, and he's rushed for 1,100 yards. That kid didn't yards. win the Broxson nobody was our offensive player of the year no no, no. Um, I'm, talking, I'm,
1: talking, I'm talking about the best overall player in collier county
2: it's hard what are his chances they're okay they're up there he's probably going to be in the top three finalists but again man, rolling my
1: eyes right now jensen you just keep doing what you're doing man
2: no you guys know i love st john newman you know i love jensen jones and damon so that's not a knock on him to say you're one of the best three players in Collier county is not a knock on him
1: well that's going to do it for our question segment and when we come back we'll make our picks and it's getting really close
0: For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDNprepZone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and ndn-prepzone underscore PrepZone or download our apps.
2: All right, folks, we're back. It's prediction time. We're going to tell you who's going to win 10 games this week. And guess what? We've got a bit of a comeback story in our midst. We had all written off Adam Regan as an imbecile who did not know anything about football, couldn't pick nobody, games. Nobody said Everyone that. was talking about it on the streets. That's all I heard about. I think I had, what, a 8, 9, 25-game lead, something like that. Mr. Regan is making it close. In our pick segment, I am 67-23 and 23 on the season, Adam Regan is 65 and 25. He went eight and two last week to pick up a game on me. We are separated by only two games with at least at least twenty-five games left to pick, so it's getting close.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm I would never panicked. I was down like six games and he, I never he, panicked. I I am being really choosy about which games I pick different from you. And so far I've done pretty well I can tell in you, picking against you. I
2: sit across the table from Adam Regan and there was no panic in his eyes. He just kept plugging along, trusting the process. Let's see what he can do for me this week. So, 10 games we're predicting here. Let's start up here, a game we talked about earlier, do or die, North Fort Myers at Cape Coral. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think North Fort Myers wins this big. They've been scoring tons and tons of points against bad teams, and I don't really consider Cape Coral as a top team anymore considering the injuries they've had. I don't think Parker O'Dell, their quarterback, who had suffered a really bad concussion, I don't think he'll be back. Who knows some of the other nine starters that missed that game against Island Coast a couple weeks back where they lost that. I just think Cape Coral's taken themselves out of it, and it's a real shame because they were off to such a good start and they played great defense. It's just it's no more. So Norfolk Myers.
2: I agree with you. Cape Coral just a bit too banged up. I'm going to take the Raiders as well. The Red Raiders or Knights. What, what is North? They're the Red Knights. Knights. Red Knights. There you go. They're Sorry not about the that. Texas Tech Red. Sorry haters, about man. that, guys. I mean, um, stay in that 5A12 district. Mariner at Amokley. A game uh, again. We touched on earlier. I think I know where you're going because I know you. You drive that bandwagon there at. I'm, uh,
1: I'm still driving it. Still right. driving it, and I'm still accepting passengers. It's not quite full yet. I don't think people still believe that Amokley can make a run in the postseason. But I say they blow out Mariner. Despite you know what Rashawn Hunter can do, I think, again, RJ Rosales will be the difference in this game. I say they win this one by two, three scores.
2: I'll agree with you wholeheartedly. Cypress Lake at Laley. Laley's playing a lot better recently. Cypress Lake still has some weapons. What do we got?
1: I think this might be one we defer on. The game's at Lely, Yep. which is huge. I'm still going to stick with Cypress Lake though, Ooh, and Kelsey, I'm glad and Kelsey Demps. That. I'm glad Give me Kelsey Demps in, in the matchup of two of the underrated stars in Southwest Florida in Henderson-Francois and Kelsey Demps.
2: Listen, last week Laylee lost by one point to Immokalee at home, and I think we both agree Immokalee much better than Cypress Lake. I'm going to take Laylee to get their second win of the year. Baron Collier at Naples, a game we once tried to christen the Crosstown Showdown. That did not take off. What happened there? I don't know. It just stopped. They didn't let – no one used that that term except for the Naples Daily News, (laughs) and we agreed that we should just drop it.
1: But, yeah, I think I – I'll I'll side with the city of Naples on this one for just giving you a backhanded slap. Well, the idea
2: was every other silly game has a silly name, and this is probably the biggest one in, in the county. So, whatever. If you got a better idea, hit me up on Twitter. Baron Collier at Naples. What do you think?
1: I really, really want to go with Baron Collier, but 20 years? 20 years? It's at Staver Field. I'll take Naples.
2: I think it's going to be a real good game. I think it might be as close as last year when it was a one-point game. But, again, you can't pick against Naples until they do in that 20-game winning streak. So I'm also going to take Naples. Battle for the gate, Golden Gate at Palmetto Ridge. Does Golden Gate have to give up half of its name when it loses?
1: Who won the game last year?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Palmetto Ridge won last year.
1: So they are golden.
2: Right now, they're golden. They're golden. They're the Golden Titans.
1: I say at, after Friday night, they will be Golden Gate again. I think a bounce back is in order here after the egg they laid against Riverdale, Palmetto Ridge. I think they got kind of lucky mm-hmm. against Gulf yeah. Coast last week. I didn't think they deserved to win that game, and their season really hasn't gone the way Coach Chris Token has wanted it to go. Give me the Titans.
2: Golden Gate has better athletes, and they're playing for a little bit more. So I also will take the Titans. St. John Newman at Oasis. Man, the, what's the over/under on this game? Ninety-four.
1: Oh, oh, so we're gonna set totals
2: on, on high school <laughs> football curious. games now? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, I, I would probably I'd probably set it at like seventy six. No, Is that an ultimate over on I'll that take one take yeah? over. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with St. John Newman in this one. I think Oasis has petered out a little bit. I don't think they've played a great schedule. I'll take Jensen Jones to have Make his march toward the Broxton Trophy.
2: Well, I want you to ask me on Friday night because I'm just going to pick the team that has the ball last. But I do think Newman's just rolling right now, and I'll take the Celtics. Also, here's another game we should have touched on, a game that that is great. And if that region, the bottom of that 2A region wasn't so bad, this could be for the playoffs. But I think Moorhaven and First Baptist are both solidly in the playoffs. But it is going to be a good game. Terriers at Lions on Friday night. What do you think? Moorhaven, definitely.
1: Wow. I, I think that they're going to be able to run the ball down First Baptist's throat.
2: I'm just going to pick First Baptist. Just I like I like picking First Baptist. I think Moorhaven's probably favored in this game. But you know what? I think First Baptist has showed they're 4 0 against 2A schools. All their losses are to schools that are bigger than them or like big independent academies. So I'm going to take the Lions at home. There's a second disagreement from the Adams. Island Coast at Ida Baker. I, I don't really have much I can tell you about this game <laughs> this, or much this, that I care about this game. This
1: game is. Both of these teams have been waiting for this game. Island Coast, obviously they got that win against Cape a couple of weeks ago, but they were looking towards the end of their season where they got a one-win one Ida Baker team and then a winless East Lee County team to end the season. Baker's been waiting for this one since they won their first game of the season and have dropped the rest of them. It's a rivalry game against two teams that are struggling, one with a first-year coach, one with a second-year coach. I'm going to give this one to Island Coast. I like the way that they've been playing the last couple of weeks. They scored 21 points on Port Charlotte. I mean, that's worth something. Yeah. Port Charlotte probably pulled their starters in the f- fourth quarter. But still, I mean, that's baby steps. Yeah. And I think I think they get a win over Ida Baker. You know what? I'm going to
2: take Baker at home. No real reason other than just the, for the sake of disagreement. It's not a bad pick. You.
1: I don't think it's a bad pick. I mean, I think this one's a toss-up game.
2: Another game, uh, stepping outside the FHSAA right now, Vero Beach, St. Edwards at Canterbury. And tell me, this is what, the conference semifinal?
1: What is this? So the Sunshine Athletic Conferences has two different divisions, mm-hmm. kind of like Division One does. But this is the FCS division. There's not a lot of teams in this. This is kind of smaller schools. And Canterbury has made the finals of this four-team playoff the last couple mm-hmm. of years. And this is the semifinal. And they've already beaten Vera Beach St. Edwards this season. And so I've got Canterbury going back to the Sunshine Athletic Conference FCS final.
2: Yeah, and Canterbury's at home. I'll take them too. Why not? Let's go. Our last game of the week. South Fort Myers at Gulf Coast. The teams that have won this uh, district the past couple of years, but neither one probably going to make the playoffs this year. I think if Gulf Coast wants to, they got to win. South Fort Myers coming in at one and seven. Gulf Coast coming off a loss. It's set up for the Sharks to get a little bit of revenge. Do they do it?
1: Yeah, I think they do do it because Gulf Coast they're they just the hard luck losers. We already talked about how they lost to Palmetto Ridge. That's just tough to to get over, and they've got to win their last couple games. get in the playoffs I think that might not even get them in but you gotta win them to get there so give me the Sharks
2: and they still got a chance to finish 500 which would be a good record in the first season with a young team so I also am going to take Gulf Coast that's going to do it for the week 10 podcast inside Southwest Florida football follow us online on Friday night where we have all the updates it's naplesdailynews.com slash prepzone and news-press.com slash sports we'll see you next week
0: Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week.